Welcome to 18 Segments, One Survivor, the show that starts with 18 Survivor-themed segments. Each week, segments will be eliminated until we reach the final episode where a final Survivor segment remains. Let's call it the Soul Segment. Now, this show is going to follow what happens on the actual Survivor. So if two people go home, two segments go home, and so on. On that note, it's time to introduce our participants who will be discussing these Survivor segments. We have Sylvie and we have Tucker. Folks, how's it going? Going well. Thanks, Garaprobst. <laughs> yeah, we haven't decided uh, what what abomination of hosts I have Frankensteined into, but maybe that'll <laughs> just happen uh, organically over the course of the show. Uh, I feel like there's no time like the present, but to jump into our, our first segment, yep. I'm going to sit in the background and let you two take it away. Yeah. Before we start, I just want to say that my goal is to create the best podcast possible. And that means getting rid of the weakest segments. My goal is to have my segments win. They're sprinkled in there somewhere. And I already feel like <laughs> you're getting brownie points because you said Garrett Probst and I didn't get to say that or say thank you. So thank you. Well, sorry for being polite. <laughs> Sylvie, how does that feel when Tucker just jumps right into playing the game and technically we haven't even started? It's tough. It's tough. I mean, every move you make, it matters. And sure, sure, we want the ultimate podcast, but you can't have an ultimate podcast without an ultimate winner. Am I right? I'm just here to make a good podcast. I don't know. I don't know what Sylvie's talking okay, about. Okay, fine. I'll make a good podcast, whatever. <laughs> Everyone's here to win. I, I can respect the hustle here. I, I have a feeling this is going to be a very exciting season. Uh, I think on that note, it just only makes sense to, to jump into our, our first segment. For those listening, I will be in the background keeping us in line of wanting to make sure we are able to leave time to include every segment. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm a ghost. I'm disappearing into the survivor background. Cue the survivor horns. We are going to start with our first segment, keeping it very simple, very clean, an episode summary of what we all watched last night. You each have one minute to summarize the episode you just watched to the best of your abilities. Sylvie, you want to go first? <laughs> okay. Last night, we opened up with 18 contestants being split into three separate tribes. All of them, I might remember the Yas tribe, the Wah Watch <laughs> Can't be right. <laughs> and the third one that shall remain nameless. Uh, We're like halfway through right now. <laughs> this is no holds bar. You have 26 days, no food, penalties. Kids can play games. And two people got voted out. Was that wrapping it up? Yeah. <laughs> Just chiming in to say you came in 15 seconds under your minute limitations. I'll go back. I'll I appreciate back. that. I'm no. going to disappear back into the background <laughs> as Tucker now has the floor to summarize. Okay, so we start with Jeff. Uh, totally ripping off Steve from Blue's Clues a week ago by just talking directly to the camera and saying that he missed us, which I thought was a nice touch. Then we found ourselves on the boat. It's the classic, like, meet the tribes. Like, Jeff's, like, guy in the the back, back right with the shirt. Um, we meet them. One team is very bad. One team forgets to unclip the back of their boat, and the other team is, like, pretty good. So they win advantages, which are important because this season is crazy. It's a hardcore survivor season. Basically skipping to the next part. Oh, one guy makes a fire. Then there's a kind of, they go up and take a hike and then they have to make a decision prisoner's dilemma. And then they go do a challenge and then one team wins and that team doesn't have to go to travel council, obviously, but the other two go to travel council. One guy gets voted out for uh, wanting his tribe to be strong. And then one girl gets voted out for being bad at puzzles. Uh, and there's left and there's a new twist, which is like roll of the dice. Uh, and also Jeff told us where he hid the hidden immunity idol. And, and uh, folks, that's a minute. Tucker, well done. The specificity was off the charts. I'll go back in and take that initial. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that, no, it's too late. Well, now that we have some very brief, very concise summaries of the episode we all witnessed last night, it's time to move on to our second segment. We're going to call this big question. Segment two is how would you handle what you would describe as the big question of the episode? So I think the big question, there are a couple because the, the, it was a two-hour premiere, so they kind of lumped in a bunch. But I think the biggest question is, is that risk wheel. If you should save your vote, if you should risk your vote or protect your vote um, based on people you just met. 
Yeah, I would agree. Would you agree? Okay. Yeah, that was like a huge, big question. At first, I thought the big question was savvy or sweaty, <laughs> in which case they all picked the same one. So I guess sweaty. it wasn't sweaty. It wasn't that big of a question. But yeah, that risk wheel, I I would have picked risk. Yes. And I feel like most people would have, which is why maybe protect is a good choice, because then if you like think you're buddies with the people you just met, maybe if you link up in like the merge, then they also have an extra vote and they can help you out as well. So I feel like knowing that everyone else is probably going to pick risk, I might pick protect. Mm, so you did what? Kind of like uh, a double, a double uh, thing there. So it, it was sort of what Danny picked, but with a different mindset where it wasn't like he was like, I'm not going to mess with this just yet. It's not time. Right. Well, we that's the other the other part that's really hard is like, do you then lie? Because uh, yes. I feel like you only have like a finite amount of lies you can actually tell in Survivor be before people are like, this guy lies all the time. Yeah. So well, Xander just was straight up like I picked risk. But for you guys, <laughs> yeah. for you guys, it's like, dude, you're not going to use that for anyone else but yourself. <laughs> yeah. Wait. And everybody ate it up. Does everybody love Xander? I don't know. He's a his job is app developer, which I I'm curious what kind of apps this guy makes. But we can get into that in a future segment if we want. Mm -hmm. That's true. Which app does. But yeah, that, I thought that was a big question. And then the other one is like, do you use the roll of the dice? I forget what it. Do you remember what it's actually called in the show? Oh, shot called? in the dark. Shot in the dark. Yeah. Do you use that if you're Sarah and everyone's like talking around you and no one's talking to you and you're like, uh, she was like, die. And then everybody's like, no, put it away. Put it away. Don't, yeah. You don't need to. If everyone that. tells you to put it away. Pull it, it out, means, girl. Yeah, pull it out. And she voted for uh, who'd you vote for again? What's his I, name? Brad. Oh, so, Sarah voted for Brad. OK, got did. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I kind of feel and we've only watched one episode with this, but I kind of feel like I would use it almost every time because I would be so paranoid that I was going to get blindsided and I'd be like, fuck it, I'm going out without this. And like, if you're part of like the massively majority alliance, like your vote's not going to matter anyway, because it's going to be like, you know, four one or whatever. So right. uh, I kind of feel like I would be tempted to use it almost every time. And then people would be like, Tucker keeps using it. Like we have to vote him out. But then if you're like, and sorry, I'm going down kind of a tangent rabbit hole here. Then if you're like, I'm going to use it every time you kind of get known as that person, maybe people will be scared to vote for you because you're like such a risk taker that you could get immunity and then vote whoever you want out. Can you use it every time or is it one oh. shot in the dark? They never. That's actually a great question. It. And I was like the whole time I was like, can you use it? When can you use it? Because if you can use it every single time, then every single person should be playing that die at every single tribal. I don't yeah, want to interject in the in a Please. heated discussion of these new elements of the game, but all this sure. talk of tribal. Just want to keep our segments moving here to make sure we leave time for everything. A natural transition came up of third segment, survivor obituary. Those <sighs> who have been voted out reflecting yes. on who has already left the game. I've actually written a couple obituaries uh, for these people that I would like to read. So first is Eric Abraham, who known in the game as Abraham by his last name, but that but that's pretty surprising to you guys. <laughs> Eric Abraham, born sometime in 1970 in Atlanta, Georgia. Abraham was voted out on episode one in Fiji. Cause of death, trusting that his strength would save his life. His tribe asks that in lieu of flowers, you do not suggest voting out weaker members to the weaker members of the tribe. Sarah Wilson, born sometime in 1996 in Sherman Oaks, California. Sarah was voted out on episode one in Fiji. Cause of death, being bad at puzzles. Also trusting Sean, Shan, <laughs> trusting Shan. Her tribe said that she was loved and that they are a family and are sorry that it had to come to this. But seriously, don't volunteer for the puzzles unless you can do them really good. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. A moving tribute. Thank you. You know, unfortunately, yeah. we will never see these two folks again. Do you think any of them are con uh, like, uh, you know, candidates to come back on a, some sort of all-star season? I, I don't. I don't feel that <laughs> way. I always uh, feel bad for the person that gets voted out first. But also, it's like, yeah, I don't really care about them yet. It's only been one episode. Yeah. I, you know... I had Sarah picked as my winner. So did you really, uh, you know, I accidentally drafted her. She was my last pick, but then I <laughs> starred her at some point around hour and 10 minute. I was like, you know what? She's sneaky. This could work. 
So I was extremely devastated with the loss of her. I thought Shan needed to go. Not that we're getting into that too early, but I just want to say seek justice for my Sarah. Seek justice. Love it. That's all very moving. Everyone very moving. Uh, <laughs> speaking of moving, let's move on to segment four. Nice. Did what a transition. Choose... That was beautiful. <laughs> Did they choose the right title for this episode? And for those wondering, the title of the episode we all watched last night is a new era. Hmm. You know, I think they did. Yeah, this feels like a new era of Survivor. I feel like, or it could be like, welcome back or something like that. Like, we've been gone. But <laughs> those aren't good, like, well-crafted titles. But like, that's kind of also the theme of this is like, uh, we had a lot of time to think of new ideas for the show. So we, we're implementing them all today. Yeah. That's kind of a longer title, but that's kind of how I feel like the title should have been for the show. Yeah, I wonder if there was some sort of quote that was spicy enough that could have been popped up there. But a new era is good. I think it lets yeah. you know right out of the gate that times are changing. I feel like you can't do savvy or sweaty, even though I want it, that to be <laughs> the name yeah. of the title. It doesn't totally fit. I've got one. Sure. Come on in, y'all. Is that what he says now? A new I think era. it's just come on in. Feels like a, a new, missed opportunity. But it's a, that's a new era. It's a new era. Y'all. Come on in, y'all. Hmm. He's, is he from the South? Do you have to be from the South to say y'all? I, I say y'all. I'm from Virginia, but so medium, medium south. <laughs> so unclear. So it didn't answer the question. That's <laughs> fine. I think that a new era is pretty fitting for this episode. I would agree. I miss Chris's thoughts. <laughs> I like... need to remain impartial through this entire process. It is <laughs> integral to the <laughs> who's ready for segment five. Is everyone feeling ready? Mm-hmm. Then we are going to move into did I poop my pants? For those wondering, the context of this is what was the most shocking part of this episode? And was it, I just pooped my pants worthy? That's a great question. Mm. Um, did I outwardly poop my pants this episode? Is this no. a metaphor? No, I didn't. But I was loving it. I was loving it and losing it. So for me, I think the most shocking part of the episode was... There's a lot of new things. So I think for me, it was when Jeff talked directly to the camera and he was like, first travel council <laughs> or whatever he said. And that I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Because Jeff literally never talks to the camera unless it's like the survivor finale. And he's like in front of a live audience. He's playing with the audience. But there are a lot of things like that were very that felt like very new. Also, the first flashback, like when they showed like clips of outside the island like i feel like that's the first time they ever did that and i was like we like i kind of felt more like uh the it. voice yeah or like when they play like sat you know like sad backstories on like singing shows like that's kind of what it felt like to me i hated it. um the other part that was shocking was when they showed like all the crew and stuff on that dock do you remember this part yes, in the beginning of the episode? i do and that part was like a little like, ooh, like, is this turning into the ninth season of The Office where like mm-hmm. they like bring they like add another character as like the people who are making the show like is the character. Um, But I did like that when like the beginning when Jeff talked to us and then like hid the idol and like in front of <laughs> like that part was like, like I they definitely went that. back and like, like hit it better there. But like it was like pretty like cocky and cool. Like when Jeff did that, I liked that part. Yeah, but, I did um, like that, but I did not like I didn't like all the when JD was walking up that little thing and all of a sudden we get a little just a whole profile on JD oh, yeah. and how he wants to be on Survivor. And then they showed the crew again. I was like, <laughs> this is not what I wanted. And when they're like in the middle of challenges and there was like a slow-mo of Brad diving into the water. I was like, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. that I need this. And finally, when we got to the first challenge, I was like, God, I've been waiting for this for fucking ever. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? I felt like it was like there was a there's been an associate producer or editor that's been working on the show since day one and like had all these ideas, but he <laughs> never got to implement them because someone ahead of him was like his boss and was like, no, shut up. It's a terrible idea. And then this is the first season like he or she gets to like edit the show and they're like throwing all of their, uh, you know, like little flourishes and touches like see the show's better now. Like 
I've worked on my editing throughout throughout it's, COVID. It's just a 44 year old woman who's finally getting to edit. Yeah, exactly. She was like she was like 20 premiere. when she started. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly I love that for her. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I liked the off island flashbacks. I thought that was weird. In that case, maybe I did poop my pants and not in a good way. <laughs> it was kind of like a mid park like a... poop when you have to run home. <laughs> What are some other kinds of poops that potentially could be, uh, you know, on the show later? Oh, like when Suri was idled out, that's mm-hmm. pooping your pants and that's pooping your pants hard. It's a sad one. That's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. We love Suri. We're so shocked that that happened to her that it. So sorry. The metaphor here is that it's a happy poop. your pants. All right. Listen, Tucker, this segment is great. Okay. Uh, I mean, I didn't think of it, but I'm just saying like, I just don't understand totally all the metaphors that could potentially be coming out of this. And I just love for future planning to know kind of what the, what the metaphors that I can kind of work with are. You know, I was just going to jump in saying uh, it's, it's almost time to move on from our poop segment here. Sylvia, if you (laughs) have any last, last moments of what feels very defensive of the poop segment, I would (laughs) allow you the floor to make any, any final statements before we move on. I would say, Just spend some time with yourself this week. Examine what's going on in your life. Is this another metaphor? (laughs) Another poop (laughs) metaphor? I'm just going to say and see what feels like it could relate back to the moments of the game. So feel the game, feel the game through the 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 magic of poop. Everyone keep your ears open for other poop metaphors throughout our, our season here. But yes. It's time the, to to the on. younger, to the younger viewers, we'll have a couple of poop things thrown in throughout the game that if you want to at home, kind of decipher what the metaphors are, uh, you can <laughs> little poop Easter eggs throughout the, the poop season. within the pod. Our sixth segment. Uh, this came up quite a bit thus far, but it is WWJPD. D A.K.A. That's a lot of letters. What would Jeff Probst do? I guess we're going to tie this to our, our big questions of the episode. Uh, the big moments of what we just witnessed. How would Jeff Probst, the human, the person we know him as, handle those situations? So I think I'll say this. I'll start off by saying this. I think Jeff is a very catty person and literally just like instead of food, he eats drama. So I think Jeff, in every situation, if he was playing the game, would choose the, I guess, like if it's shocking or dramatic or that choice to make the show better over his own gameplay. 100%. He's picking savvy. He's voting out JD. Definitely. He- I, yeah, he's engineering blindsides as much as possible. He's risking his vote. Um, what was the, the, the big question though, is would he risk his vote or protect his vote? I feel like he would convince the other two as much as possible to take the team option. And then he would definitely risk his vote. 100%. Yeah. He's absolutely doing that. I was kind of thinking like, maybe he would do protect his vote because, and you know, now that you've said that, I, yeah, I don't think he would do protect his vote. Uh, He definitely would do risk his vote. And somehow sneak over to the other camp and get their risk of their votes too. He convinced <laughs> them to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's just again like just loves drama. Like if there's any way to tell one person he's voting for someone and then the other person that they're voting for them, and then like create some sort of giant tribe blow up every single episode. I think that's what he would do. Like throw the immunity challenge so that he gets to go to tribal council. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I would be genuinely terrified to see Jeff in a tribal council. I don't want him. He would be whispering all over the place. The whispering we saw last night was shocking. He'd be he would stand up the way JD did, but do it just live, live tribal route right there. <sighs> JD was very also, I'll just say, very meta in that moment where he's uh, like, We're gonna do live tribal. All right, let's do the live tribal. Yeah. Like, you didn't need to say live travel that many times, dude. Like, it's like he's looking at Jeff like live travel, right? You're gonna do it now, right? It's like, oh hell yeah! It's like, just just be in the moment. Don't don't watch yourself play the game. He's a character. He's an oddball. He, yeah, he he feels like a twenty year old. I'll say if that isn't, makes sense. Isn't he? Yeah, exactly. He feels like he like very much feels like it. he like, does feel like, like it. You're yeah. right. That's what Jeff would but do. He makes he makes great TV. And you know what? 
That's all I could ever ask for. We are coming in hot to segment seven here. And let me tell you, I'm I'm chomping at the bit for this one because segment seven is phone a friend. We're going to bring in an outside element to the discussion to give their two cents to the mix, bring up something new, uh, elaborate on something that has been discussed earlier. And for this uh, this first episode, I, I'm I'm happy to jump into the role because uh, something that just came up in conversation that I'm like I said, chomping at the bit to sink my teeth into is the idea of, first of all, you saying the phrase live tribal tribal was was hurting my body, hearing it come out again. I <laughs> I don't like the phrase. I don't like what it is. I am happy with any new direction this game wants to go, but the idea of recent years tribal being a live conversation where plans shift in the final 45 seconds Maybe it's a hot take, but not a fan, not here for it. I want to see people like fall into their own plans, whether that's demise or or victory. But I want to see people come. I I get it probably makes for better TV that it's building up even more tension. But I I don't want to see plans constantly shift based on the way someone's feeling in the final 32 seconds uh, before they vote. That's that's all I have to say, but I, I want to I would love to hear everyone's thoughts if agree, disagree. Yeah, I do. I totally agree because I feel like it really depends on like whenever Jeff decides to stop the wheel, I guess, is like the metaphor. Uh, it like it's whenever he's like, OK, time to vote. Like that's like however you felt like at that exact moment is how you're going to vote. So, um, yeah, I would agree. And also the the name Live Tribal, it's like that. It makes it sound more exciting than it maybe it's uh, also confusing what is it otherwise <laughs> yeah pre-recorded totally. like uh... it deprives us the audience of besides like i guess the whispers and then like the underneath the things but like i like seeing plans kind of come into action at camp and then you know people like change their mind at camp or like talk at camp and like there's like kind of more time for the drama to play out but uh i guess with the shortened season maybe that's why also like there there might be more of these uh, that's true you mentioned something that really stood out to me of whatever Jeff says during tribal of like who he really puts uh, the pressure on and who he really presses for more context or uh, giving someone a chance to defend themselves. Of course, we're seeing an edited version of whatever played out, but now it feels like that live tribal plays an even bigger factor of like who he decides to like zero in on, where if someone feels really self-conscious, that starts to get people's wheels turning. And it feels like he dumps gasoline on everyone. And then the whole live tribal is him just like, it's very Joker-esque. He's just like throwing a match in and and, and watching uh, the chaos in, ensue. I, I feel like there's some part of Jeff that thinks that a tribal council only went well if they start whispering. <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's his feedback. He's like, it's working, baby. <laughs> this is it. He's gaining strength. It fuels him. <laughs> yeah, I think speaking of the Joker, like Jeff's hair reminded me a lot of Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker, actually kind of that oh, slicked back uh, hair kind of at the front, but also... He just is an agent of chaos. I think he likes, he thinks that that makes better TV, which on honestly, sometimes it does. Like if you think, you know, who's going to get voted out going into the, uh, like into tribal council and then like the, the live tribal element kind of happens. Um, that is, is also kind of exciting. Like if you already think it's a done deal, which I guess is also editing, but, um, I kind of like that when that happens, I struggled with it only a little bit because usually I, I, I'm with you, Chris, like, or Garrett Probst. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Dealer's choice. Wow. You can refer to me however you'd like. Typically I'm with you where I really don't like it, but I almost needed it to feel like I was back. They've mm, been, they've been tripping fair. me up with all this new fancy schmancy survivor and just having a live tribal. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing more survivor than tribal council. And you can't really foundation core drama. Yeah. Give it to me straight into my veins. And I felt like the second they started whispering, I was like, there we go. Come on, come on, let's go, baby. Let's play. (laughs) So I enjoyed it for the moment until, until JD wanted to stand up and get it going. And I was like, sit down, I'm done. Yeah. I agree with you, Sylvie, that it was like, it kind of felt like, Ooh, survivors back. 
uh, just in in terms of like the classic stuff, because there's there was also so much new stuff in the episode that it was like, oh, I I, I remember this. I know what this is, uh, but I didn't like the meta ness of it where he was like live tribal. We're doing it. Like, I didn't like that part because it was like yeah. it's like a little bit breaking the fourth wall, like when Jeff looks at the camera and he's like first tribal. <laughs> yeah, it's like stop. It's please. too much. It's been too much. <laughs> I don't mean to move us along, but I, I want to say thank t- thank you to both of you for including me uh, in this discussion here. Uh, but it's it's time to move on with uh, the show must go on. The segments must must keep coming. For segment number eight, we have moved into risk versus reward. So in the context of the challenges took place, did it feel like the juice was worth the squeeze uh, in our most recent episode? So I think so. The the re- reward was that they didn't lose their flint. Yeah. I guess this is for the immunity challenge. They didn't lose their flint, and what did they get? Something else? They didn't get to kill someone. I guess like in if this is real life, I don't know what like the not going to tribal council is. Yeah, I there there was a lot of the risk versus reward. Actually, there was the initial one, the off the boat. What was there? Or they got a like a pot and a machete and right. uh flint. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that risk, I guess there really wasn't much risk. It was just getting off, unclipping, you know, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. For something reward. you would do anyway to get onto an island. Yeah. Totally. For, so yeah. for that one, for the first uh, thing, definitely would go through that to get that in that situation. Absolutely. This is real life. The savvy and sweaty one. I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. I would have sat get... my little tush right then just to not have a penal or like, okay, penalize me. What are you going to do? Would you want to spend four hours counting triangles in a little thing? No, I don't want to spend four hours counting <laughs> triangles. I don't want to spend four hours carrying water. Just <laughs> penalize me. It's you don't want to spend four hours doing anything. I don't. I want to be at camp building. I want to <laughs> be, I want to be, but leaving. for three hours or, or five, but never four. Never four. I give me five hours of weaving palm leaves and I'm in. I would say, yeah, I guess if you didn't have fire that you really need fire. So I think, yes, I would do both of those things, especially count like triangles. Not that hard. Well, they're not taking away the forest. You could still make fire. Yeah, but you could just do it much easier. I'm not. I do it. it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) It's a no. You'd say no. Fuck you. I'm not counting your triangles because I I want to go actually get a head start on manually making fire for a couple hours. Yeah, I'm not going to be the voce of the scenario. He just cornered himself (laughs) into straight up doing the challenge. I'm quiet. Is that the the neurosurgeon neurosurgeon guy? (laughs) Yeah, I'm the Jennifer Coolidge woman who's just off on the side, not (laughs) saying anything. The stay at home, the stay at home mom, Heather. That's me. (laughs) And you know what? She didn't have to do it. So you would pick savvy versus sweaty. I would pick neither. (laughs) <laughs> it's you'd not say, worse it's you'd not say, worth fuck it. your challenge fuck your challenge i don't want the i don't want the rewards at all i, I don't want to risk anything okay yeah. it's interesting just it's for interesting. that one but then risking your vote absolutely worth getting an extra vote down the line that is worth the risk yeah. that reward especially the first vote yeah i agree totally all right we're aligned there except for when you said that you wouldn't do the challenge at all so many people didn't do the challenge <laughs> so many people didn't do it why do why am i getting called out it's just in real life. If you really wanted fire in the woods and someone was like, you got to count these triangles, you would say, fuck, fuck you. Get it out of my face. I'm going to go make it myself. I would do it. I guess I'm just not saying it's worth the reward. Right. Yeah. So you wouldn't do it. <laughs> OK, fine. Fine. You count me. I'm a lazy sag of bones. Speaking of fire, it's getting very fiery in here. And I, I don't want to continue to build up this flame that that feels like it's developing this this competitive (laughs) nature uh but it feels like a good transition into segment number nine is should the challenge producer get a raise was the challenge that took place let's in the context of this first episode treat the challenge as in the immunity challenge there is a set being built there are obstacles that the teams must get through. Was it so impressive that you feel whoever designed such a thing deserves a raise? I do. I do think so. I mean, none of it was particularly like spectacular, but it's the small details that I'm looking out for. They made that platform just barely above the ground so their sandbags would fall off. I love that. 
they knew exactly what they were doing when they did that. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I think any challenge where someone falls on their face from like one of those net things is is a great challenge. And I also think that the puzzle was actually very pretty. Like they did a nice job painting the puzzle. And so uh, many pieces. Yes. And it wasn't that it wasn't that like stupid tree one that they do. That's like I that kind of that. style of puzzle. But they, they do that one like every other season. They made a new so one. Was, they made a new one. It was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but yes, and I also I'd, I'd never seen sawdust in an episode before. Oh. Uh, and I thought that's like kind of a like I'm kind of allergic to sawdust, I think. So I really would kind not of? enjoy that. Well, that makes me sneeze. I'm, it's I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, have to park poop myself <laughs> if I accidentally eat a little sawdust. But uh, I yeah, I, I thought that part I was like, I would not enjoy like just huffing sawdust. <laughs> uh in this in this challenge but i think because of that that deserves some ingenuity points so i think the the challenge producer should get a raise yeah and that that thing looked heavy what was it called the the sled the sled yeah yeah it looked i was heavy. thinking i that you know they they should also get a raise because they're making the audience at home think and i was thinking about if i was cast on survivor and i had like a month to train i would mm-hmm. not be in enough shape to be able to do that <laughs> i think i've thought about this a lot and i was thinking about this today all i would do is like the endurance ones where you like hold shit above your head and i would just do that yeah. every single day for like uh like the month leading up to survivor but tiffany found out that she was going did you say the day before survivor yeah that's insane they and jd no, was like yeah going. i've been practicing for like fucking like six months or something that's so crazy i don't want to jump in again but based off of it feels like uh there is certainly a um a uh an agreement on that raises uh should be given to the producers here but you were mentioning a lot of challenges different types of challenges i, w- I want to throw a segue in here to challenge number 10 to keep us on track mm. challenge beast i'll open this discussion up to any of the challenges that took place in the episode but what past survivor would have uh excelled or even won the challenges from our most recent episode so i think definitely in the second one with the puzzle I think any of the teams could have benefited by uh, in that blood and water season. Sierra's mom. I don't remember her name, but oh, she was, she was so, crazy so at good puzzles. at puzzles. She was so good at puzzles. So I think like for the puzzle portion, because that's kind of where both of the teams that lost, lost it. Even think, Sierra was good at it. Did that run Sierra in the was good family? I think maybe they do puzzles as a family. Yeah. I love that. I love that for them too. Uh, like also, um, in that first one, I feel like anyone that's good at finding idols could have helped them find that paddle that they couldn't find. Uh, so like Tony or Russell or whoever, et cetera. That felt like anybody, anybody at all. <laughs> that felt like truly anybody. Any contestant from any season, get Rufus up in here. Oh, I just <laughs> remembered. Sorry. Something that also happened in the, that challenge that I was like, wait, what is when the person tried to look over where Jeff was standing and Jeff was like, it's not up here. Trust me. Like something they absolutely would have cut in a different episode, but like for, <laughs> they decided to just keep that in. It's like kind of like a blooper almost that they just put in the episode, which I kind of liked. I missed his sass. King yeah, of sass. Cool. King of Check sass. out those YouTube clips. Jeff King of sass. It's kind of like a million views. I know it's good. Um, also, Rob, I know, I know he's just like a classic survivor. I almost feel bad mentioning it, but he would have been standing somewhere and screaming at everyone. That's a good come point. On, yeah. Do that. Like he would have been like <laughs> bags off. Come back. He would have been like, yeah. whenever I think of Boston Rob doing challenges, I think of the one where he like literally blacked out while he was like walking up and down the stairs. Do you know what I mean? Like to yes. win the whatever that season yes. was that he won. Redemption Island. Redemption Island. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, you can see he's not like in his body. And he's just like, like, <laughs> I think that is <laughs> just so like funny. trudging up the stairs. Like and he he's like, laughing well, he everyone, also he's did like, that at extinction. He like fell down. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. his wife was like, he'll just run himself. <laughs> and I like seeing him work. Look at that man. Look at him work. That's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone likes what they like. And speaking of that, the next segment. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the phrase uh, king of sass thrown around and it feels especially relevant for our next segment is how thirsty is Jeff for the drama that's happening thus far? I think that Jeff uh, 
and this is just my initial thought, is that Jeff was actually a little bit let down in the beginning when he mm-hmm. asked about come on in, guys. And then he was extra excited when someone else brought it back up in the next challenge. Yeah, I feel like we can't go this entire podcast without talking about that. They didn't need to show any of that (laughs) at all. I'm just saying I love changing and like adapting, but he did not need to. But he was thirsty for that. He He was was so thirsty for that. He wanted that sort of, you know, Sarah saying, you can call me Lucina now. He wanted that feeling yeah. when he said, when he asked the question. You could just tell he was just thinking in his head, like, this is going to go fucking viral. Like, yeah. this is going to like fucking blow up on Twitter. Like, I'm going to. And then he said his own Twitter handle. And I was like, okay, like, you really think this is going to go viral? Like, you think this is like the moment of the episode? And and he's not going to read the read them anyways. He made sure. You oh, that was that. hilarious. Yeah. I really liked that. I love, I was like, I miss Oh, him. cool. Jeff has like a social media manager that he like. <laughs> I love his tweets for him. Yeah. In the beginning, yeah, it's almost opposite of thirsty. It's like, how disappointed is my dad when the first tribe or in the first challenge when the red tribe, when they just like could not get it together? I cannot remember their name. Is there a red tribe? Maybe not. I don't know. The boat was red. (laughs) I can't remember. But they were up there and he was like, not like you guys are going to catch up or something like that. It's like completely out of it. Yeah, and whatever I, he said, yeah. Yeah, but his tone was like, I've heard that before, and it's my yeah. dad, and he's really <laughs> upset at me about something, and I could hear it. It got me. I got nervous. Oh, yeah. It was like, don't even bother looking at that. Yeah. Like they're not even like it was yeah, like, he was, he was like giving the cameraman an order to like just like don't even point the cameras at this tribe. They're so freaking pathetic. Like, don't look at them. But then it switched back to thirsty when they were not moving with the paddle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, how how happy was he when he got to tell them that they were clipped in the entire time? Yeah, ecstatic, ecstatic. He's like, by the way, you guys are clipped in all time. Yeah, and he's thirsty for the shot in the dark. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm actually pretty excited for that, like to see how it goes. I can't wait to see someone play it, but I'm I am curious about how it might take away some strategy like that shot in the dark that you typically used to do at camp when you're scrambling. I wonder if that will be removed. Um, and people are going to be like, you know what? I'll do the shot in the dark. I'm not even in bother with that conversation. That's a good point. Yeah. I wonder if people just be like, you know what? There's no point in convincing these people. Like I'll just, I'll just roll the dice. Um, I wonder, Hmm. but I think this time, like then you got to make everyone feel like they're, uh, safe so that they don't do the shot in the dark thing so that mm. way like there's way more blind sides I feel like it's the thinking is like uh, you know if someone knows then they're going to take the chance if they're mm. if they know they're getting out so then you got to be like hey like let's actually vote for this guy yeah I agree but Jeff not super thirsty tonight I think he was just thirsty to be back out there and you could hear agree. It. and again I know I've mentioned it a couple times but I absolutely hated when he looked at the camera and said <laughs> First drive. <laughs> yeah, the breaking of the fourth wall. He was thirsty for that too. He did it too many times. He's like, oh, this is new. This is the new era. How many times do you think he did it and the editors cut it out? <laughs> he's like, the entire time he's talking to the camera and they're like, stop, Jeff. Like, we need some like non like they have just one Jeff cam. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up all his asides. He just he filmed it himself. Folks, I'm going to jump in here. There's There's been a lot of interesting things that have come up in the context of, of Jeff's thirstiness. And I think it's time we really sink our teeth into the, the specific contestants this season. So mm. this next segment, segment 12, for this, for this first episode, we'll call first impressions. Who are the top three people that are really jumping out to you as people to pay attention to? Are there people that you think are immediately on the bottom. Just thoughts about how you're feeling about the current season of uh, Castaways here. I'll jump in here. I'll admit it. I wasn't into Tiffany in the beginning. Not into her one bit. And by the end, I was, I'm a little bit of a fan, but I know who we all love. I feel like we can all say it on the count of three. I don't know who you're going to (laughs) say. 
<laughs> Brad. I love Brad. Oh, Brad's in my bottom three. But he's old school. He's so old school. <laughs> yeah, I but he's love so, it. Like, no offense, but he's like so dumb at the game. <laughs> he's so old school at the game. Yeah, I guess so. He is like a very likable guy. Like he's like, uh, you know, he's exactly who he is. Does that make sense? Like he's like totally. uh, he's like straight out of like a 1930s like Western movie, which is uh, which is great. But I think like the fact that he just to- he's like, yeah, it's between you or you. And like just to their faces, I was like, oh, my God, there's that old school like mentality where he feels like you know what? Honesty is the best policy. I'm just going to tell them. And they're, there's going to be like virtue in that. Brad right now is a, ah, it's like, oh, he's sweet, sweet boy. You got to cut out some of that. I think he's going to get better as we go. And I think he's got potential for a top three. My person who I think is going to win, Evie. Yeah, I have her on mine as well as uh, someone who I think is going to win. I think like her or Shan, the pastor. Or Danny, Danny, the football player. I think those are my, those are my top three. Danny's in the top. As Danny well. is Danny feels like he could definitely win because absolutely he's gonna be great at the physical challenges later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, he seems like like people like trust him a lot because uh, you know he he went and he protected his vote, and uh, I think people people will respect that. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, though, for the flip point of that, I think Nasir is going home very soon. Yeah, I d- definitely just from like the scenes from next week. It was like not this year keeps stepping on himself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think also in kind of in my bottom. Uh, yeah, JD, where I talked about him a lot. Like, I think he's great TV, but I do not think he's going to win. I think and, he's already had too poor of a first showing. Yeah, I feel like people can sometimes bounce back. Like, I think like Tiffany's going to be fine. Like, I think she's mm-hmm. probably going to get like pretty far. But I think jd is like he's gonna keep but he's gonna definitely come back because he's already like a massive character in the thing Mm -hmm. which i love so i think in that sense he's like winning but uh i think also he's like just taking massive swings the entire time which i love yeah do we think that danny's football status is gonna come out because he like kind of had an actual football player xnfl yeah and he said he he said he said just college yeah to like get people off the track Got it. Off the trail. Track. Football track. <laughs> there seems to be some consensuses, consensi, plural mm. of consensuses, uh, of, of who everyone is aligning with, of, of who stands out and who looks to be uh, next to go. Uh, but I think we're going to move on to segment number 13, Snake versus Rat versus Eric from the iconic first season Tribal Council in the most recent episode, this is open to artistic interpretation. Who was the snake and who was the rat and who was Eric based off of what you've seen in the most recent episode? Yeah. And Sylvia, if you could just give a little more context on this uh, on this bit that you came up with, um, just kind of on what the snake would represent, the rat would represent, kind of what Eric would represent. I'll, I'll give that to you through my own answers. Sure. I think Rickard, 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 Rickard. Can't be Rickard. (laughs) Rickard. No. (laughs) I think Rickard is the snake. I think he's a little bit of a snake. He's Mm. doing a lot of top level gameplay, like him trying to throw the vote to Brad in the tribal council. I don't think he genuinely wanted to vote for Brad. I think he Mm. wanted to convince Sarah that he was going to vote for Brad. Okay. That's my snake little snaky, snaky move right there. I think that the rat, the rat in my eyes is someone who it's not Nasir, but you know, the way he was like scrambling to go, you know who the rat is that girl, the, the brunette, I cannot remember her name. Sydney. Yes. Sydney to me is a rat. Mm-hmm. she immediately went to someone immediately went to someone else with the information. She's just being real rat. Like I genuinely put her out of my mind based on how much I don't like her. And then the Eric, uh, I think it could be somebody like JD who's going to accidentally get in their own way by playing so much game. They accidentally outplay themselves. Okay. I like that. Uh, now, now the, now it makes sense to me. And I agree with all your choices. Oh, no, 
know. I, I definitely think JD is like someone who would, uh, you know, be made to feel bad and then give up his immunity. I know that he won. Totally. I do. I do think so. I'm trying to think about who else could be the Eric and it could be Nasir, but I, I don't, I think the assumption of the Eric is that, you know, they're good enough to make it at least a little far. If you could assign an animal to Brad, who what would you assign to Brad? Oh my god, a lion. <laughs> yeah, or maybe like a like a like a mule, like a lion. I'm gonna <laughs> I want to lay with him in the jungle, just take a little snooze. Wrap like his- lions. Lions are lazy though. Yeah, Brad's never slept a day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brad is yeah. He is sort of like a workhorse, like a mule. All righty, fine. All right. Uh, I'm going to jump in as extra animals are entering the chat here. Uh, (laughs) Just a reminder, we were at snake versus rat versus Eric. I I appreciate this Noah's Ark scenario that has uh, (laughs) developed, but but we do have to move on uh, to something a little more romantic. Segment 14 is Romeo and Juliet. Uh, This can be something that develops over the course of the season, but based off of one episode, are there any star-crossed lovers that we've seen thus far? And if we could also just kind of go over what a star-crossed lover is and kind of explain that as well, uh, uh, Sylvie or... The old... Oh, you know what? I kind of want to hear Garrett Probst's version. What, the inter- what my uh, interpretation would be? Yes. I think this feels like uh, in terms of a segment for this show, there could be uh, a lot of interpretation here. It could be I would love to see so-and-so and so-and-so develop a, uh, a, a relationship of the romantic variety. Uh, it could be speaking to something you've already seen within an episode of, oh, there's always uh, a lot of talk around who sleep next to, to who under the shelter, mm. uh, who spends a lot of time together. So that that's where my head goes of, I think it could be, I could envision this or I've seen evidence of it and I want to see more. I want to see less. Sometimes it's a, a pretty quick way to get yourself voted out. So I don't know, just speaking to the general relationships uh, of the romantic variety that have started or or could start. The first one that comes to mind is Jeff and that damn fourth wall. <laughs> I thought that the way Shan and uh, JD were kind of talking at tribal council, like they were like right up in each other's face and they were like, I trust you 100%. All I care about is me and you. Like none of these other people matter. Like, and that felt like slightly like like romantic to me like where they are like just shut up like doesn't matter what anyone else thinks it's just me and you here right now together you and me yeah even if it's like not of the romantic variety this is day one it did not need to be (laughs) that loyal you guys don't have to do that i I also didn't know that they were alliance in an alliance until that moment and i was like oh they're like in a really strong alliance okay (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that they're like doing a sort of final two or something. Yeah. And yeah. and like the fact that she she had that in the moment interview where she was like, I'm the decider. I'm in right. the best spot in the game. And it was like, you are in the very beginning of the game, honey. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> mad at her. I don't know. Yeah, I think also the three long haired guys that uh, went on the hike together. I thought mm. they had a nice chemistry and rapport on their hour long hike. Oh, um, I thought it was funny that. Yeah, they all had long hair. <laughs> yeah, that's great. There is also a moment where um, <laughs> where somebody was like, I can't remember who, but they were like, I want it to be us guys. And then somebody else was like, so what are you guys going to do? Hmm. They just completely ignored exactly what they just said. I think it was JD and then Danny was like, so what are you guys thinking? Oh, oh. JD, he's doing too much. He's already in two separate. I know, but he's such good TV. It's it's great. It's great to watch. I'm going to interject on this uh, as love is, is in the air here. Let's move over to the job market as we're talking about these contestants. Uh, (laughs) Really driving back to our, our first impressions of these people, this this came up a few times earlier, but do we think this person really has this job? So if, if each of you could maybe pick a contestant that really stood out to you of uh, a contestant and their job that maybe you're like, I can absolutely see this person as XYZ or no way is so-and-so XYZ. Uh, but if, if each of you want to pick one who really jumped out to you in, in one degree or the other. 
Sure. I will say that JD really felt like a college student to me, <laughs> uh, especially talking, especially the specifically the moment where he was like, yeah, I was two time state champion. In trip. And I was like, <laughs> I was no. like, is that still relevant? I started, thinking <laughs> but he's in college. So it is. Yeah. It's like, he's like, you know, but if he was like, you know, 30, people would be like, shut up, dude. Uh, <laughs> someone who I don't, I think I guess I see it, but Ricard is a flight attendant. Oh, I um, saw that the whole time. You saw that? Yeah, I feel like he feels more of like a first class, like fancy flight attendant versus like someone that's in the back slumming it. So I don't I know if that's like, actually how flight attendants work, but that's kind of how he felt to me. He felt very I fancy. felt like I saw him on one of my flights recently. <laughs> that's how convinced I was that he was a flight attendant. You know, I'm not sure. So sure. Is it Voce or Voce? I thought Voce. Voce? I don't know. Neurosurgeon. That guy digging around in my brain. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he is kind of uh, too strong to be uh, like his muscles are for lifting heavy things, not for digging around delicately in the brain. Yeah. And um, Jeannie, just for the sake of the show, I do want to remind everyone that if we have to talk about this segment next week, we're burning through. (laughs) Quite a lot of jobs. I don't want to. I don't want to throw too many logs on the fire here from uh, uh, who does what to make money. But uh, I think I'm gonna drive us forward for for everyone's benefit here to save that sweet sweet survivor job content for. I don't know. Maybe it gets eliminated this week. I don't know. That's that's we're gonna get into that later. Um, but segment sixteen is. Survivor superlatives, similarly to the previous segment, uh, I think it would be nice for each of you to maybe pick a survivor and what they would be awarded most likely to blank. That can be something uh, originating out of their gameplay, out of their personality, out of their job. Uh, But yeah, open to interpretation, survivor superlatives. Uh, I will say that I felt like Xander was most likely to win a cornhole tournament. (laughs) You know, I concur with that. Yeah. Uh, Brad, best smile. (laughs) Okay, you love Brad. We get it. (laughs) That's my superlatives. Best smile. Two really, really nice awards that I think they would both be honored to receive such awards. I want to jump. We're we're picking up steam here. I want to really put the put the pedal to the metal. Segment 17 is foreshadowing. Is there anything that happened in this episode that you feel is foreshadowing something in the future? So uh, quick quick aside here that'll make sense in a second. I actually the rebus puzzle for the kids. Mm. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Like that they yeah. flashed to in the middle of the in the challenge. I solved it in like 15 seconds because I'm a fucking adult. And <laughs> but it said uh day one alliance. Uh day it was like Sunday minus sun, and then it was like uh A and then two lions. So day one alliance. And I think that could be kind of uh foreshadowing maybe that some people stick together until the end of the game. So whether it's uh, Shannon JD, maybe there at the end, or you know, some other people that made friends that first day. I think that is potentially a foreshadowing for the rest of the uh, season. Mm, that's a, I, I, that's very interesting. I like that. Yeah, you can c- congratulate me for solving the puzzle too, if you want. Or congratulations, Tucker, for solving Thanks. the puzzle. I looked at it for the very brief moment it was on screen. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. I'm not looking it up. Um, foreshadowing the moments that we got of Shan felt very interesting to me. That was the first time I had seen, I mean, yeah, I guess for the, the whole season so far, somebody's character really like the depth of that person, seeing them in the, in the distance somehow, all of these people, their personalities could change at any moment to me. And I wouldn't be that surprised, but with Shan, I felt like I already saw where her downfall might lie and her decisiveness. And I feel like that might come into play. Is that foreshadowing? I don't know. That's foreshadowing for sure. Great. That's my, that's my thought. She's the, whoever, well, I guess it was foreshadowing that Sarah forgot a puzzle piece in the bag and got booted. That's true. I guess that's foreshadowing within the same episode though. Yeah. 
that that won't come back. <laughs> well, also foreshadowing the rest of the season and how the editing is going is all those new twists and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fourth wall breaking is it. Jeff going to before he reads the votes, look at the camera and be like, who do you guys think is going to give him? <laughs> I don't like, like that. boo. Boo, Jeff, boo. Yeah. I My thought is it was they wanted to do a big two hour premiere. They wanted to make it spicy. I think that God, I hope they just pull back on it a little bit. <laughs> I think it might continue. No. Folks, now that foreshadowing has has reached its natural conclusion here, we're going to move on to our final segment of the episode, a haiku about a moment from the episode. And if that feels too tall of an order from a, a syllable standpoint, uh, for the sake of getting our feet wet in this first episode, I'll allow, uh, allow any poetic exploration you choose to take here but something that really resonated with you from the season thus far and how you feel about that in poetic form absolutely here's my haiku okay eric abraham a man of security secured his own boot was that a was that a whole haiku that's five seven five and it took me 45 minutes (laughs) that's me snapping for those of you who can uh, hear that at home it took me really long a really long time to write that and figure out the correct syllables. I did not prepare a haiku uh, from the beginning, but I will. Here's a f- actually a fun haiku tip. If you ever, uh, and this is just kind of separate. If you ever need a five syllable ending, you just say the word refrigerator. That's beautiful. I thought you were going to say the tip is to count on your hand. That's well, that's, that. that's a given. That's a, of course, a given. <sighs> Where was... Jeff Probst at not on the helicopter. We deserve that too. Were you thinking better, Tucker? I thought you were gonna say answers. Mm. We deserve answers. Oh, that's good. We deserve answers. That's okay. It took you, that was impressively short. Again, 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'd like to hear some of the outtakes that you had. I was really trying to say secure again in the last line, but or uh, like security, but it was just too many syllables and I couldn't figure out and boot. I was like exit and I was trying to do the word strength in there. Don't don't worry about it. I, I loved it. Let's hear it one more time. Eric Abraham, five syllables, a man of security. Seven, I think, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Secured his own boot. I love that. It's pretty poetic. It's pretty it's pretty just. And that's who got voted out. And Sarah, uh, Sarah puzzles. There's probably one in there. Ah, damn, I should have done one for her. (laughs) I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling very moved and I don't mean to uh, bring this uh, this artistic uh, air all the way crashing back down into the reality that is this show. But Folks, we've gone through 18 Survivor-themed segments, but now we need to start eliminating. And as I mentioned at the top, this is going to mirror what has happened on the actual show, Survivor. Two contestants went home. Typically, if one contestant went home, we would be eliminating one segment from this to then return next week with 17 segments. But we got to whittle it down to 16 segments. So I think it's only fair that I'll give each of you one minute to talk through which two segments you feel strongly uh, that should be eliminated. So if, if two jump out where you're thinking, I would rather perish than speak of these segments again, those are the segments I want to hear. Before I give uh, the time, does anyone want to volunteer to go first of who they'd like to, uh, or of, of what segments they'd like to eliminate? I can go first. Um, I just want to say that my goal for this is to create the best podcast possible. So I want to just make sure that we eliminate potentially things that uh, maybe you didn't feel as successful in the moment. Does that so, count part of your one minute? No, no. Ah, uh. sure. <laughs> I don't. No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, ready? And the minute starts now. I'll talk you through my thought process a little bit. Um, I was coming in expecting to really hate the Romeo and Juliet, who are the star-crossed lovers. Uh, one, because I didn't think of it, and I'm slightly biased towards my own ideas. But I actually really enjoyed talking about that one with you, Sylvie. So 
Um, I think I'm going to keep that one in snake versus rat versus Eric. Again, one I was expecting to not really like, but I thought that you did a nice job on that one. Um, but I, uh, 30 seconds don't think that that one will in the future create the best podcast. So I'm going to nominate that one to be out. And also I think that, uh, the, I think that we can probably get rid of what would Jeff Probst do? I think like Jeff is a character is fun to talk about him as the host, but maybe not necessarily uh, in the uh, context of the show. And those are my two nominations. Nicely done. A very tight minute. Uh, Sylvie, whenever you are ready, the floor is yours to make a case for which two segments you think should be going home tonight. And by the way, these segments will be asked to leave the show immediately mm. immediately you will never see these segments ever again never mentioned. whenever you're ready all right i'll throw a compliment as well to tucker tucker Thanks. i loved your obituaries i i do really enjoy that and kind of analyzing where those people are at and you know giving a moment to them uh i will say things i think we could eliminate i wasn't loving superlatives i couldn't think of anything couldn't think of a damn thing. So I just thought of Brad, which was nice. And I do like thinking about him. That would be my one, the, the top one. And then, you know, I have no problem hating on my own stuff. Uh, I can't remember if this one was mine, but should the challenge producer get a raise? It was fun for a moment, but. That one was it, yours. That one was mine. It was fun for a moment, but I think I'm always going to give someone a raise. 10 they, seconds left. They put that much work into it. And with that, those are my two. And also you wouldn't perform the challenge. No, I wouldn't. Well, uh, just to catch everyone up on the nature of this show you are listening to right now, uh, as the host, I have heard four different cases in this instance of four segments that should be eliminated. And I will make my gut decision on which two segments should never be heard from again. So just to reiterate and clarify, Tucker, you are nominating the snake versus rat versus Eric segment and also the what would Jeff Probst segment? Uh, what would Jeff Probst do segment? So Sylvie, you have nominated Survivor Superlatives and should this challenge producer get a raise? Mm -hmm. Now, before I eliminate these two segments, if anyone has a hidden immunity idol that they would like to use, now would be the time to do so. Let me check my devices. No, I don't. All right. Well, with that in mind, the verdict is in. It is time to eliminate our I'm first so segment. Oh, man, I love some of them. I think my first decision will be agreeing with Sylvie in that mm. the challenge producer getting a raise can <sighs> safely be eliminated. Goodbye. Virtual torch being put out. Goodbye, <sighs> challenge producer raise segment and now we that leaves us with one more to eliminate for this premiere episode i am an agent of chaos like uh my my inspiration the jeff probst and i, I don't think there's anything uh more dramatic than an eliminating myself as what would jeff probst do so i'm going to make that my decision for the second segment to be eliminated. So wow. snake versus rat, snake versus rat versus Eric lives to see another day and survivor superlatives lives to see another day. Wow. We have Ch eliminated challenge producer. Uh, can I have your coat? Challenge <laughs> producer. Will you give me your coat? Challenge producer. Can I have your coat? Dark, sad days. <laughs> Sad, <laughs> sad days. It hurts my body thinking about that moment. Well, everyone, we've we've reached the the end of our first episode. Two segments have been eliminated. We'll be returning next week with 16 segments. 
Uh, as mentioned before, we will we will mirror what is happening on the show Survivor itself, and that will be reflected in how many segments are eliminated here. Uh, before we go, Sylvia Tucker, any final parting words? No. Uh, well, yes, I said no, but then I was about to launch <laughs> right into a whole spiel. You know, I would say it's so good to have Survivor back in our lives. I missed it so much and binging all of the episodes, um, binging all of the episodes of our quarantine was, was great and kept great company, but there's nothing like a live season where you just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, love doing it with you guys talking about it. And I'll just say, it seems like Sylvie has pooped her pants multiple times. (laughs) Also, welcome to a new era of survivor podcasts. That's all. Nice. Nice outro. that. That was great. What about you, Garrett Probst? I, I feel like there's there's really nothing more I can add. Everyone spoke very eloquently about uh, this new era. Uh, I think there's a lot of fodder for this this season. Uh, I'm excited to to just follow the lead of uh, the greatest game ever played, and uh, I think a lot of elements that make that show great will appear and present themselves in, in this show. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs>